Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep. In-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool too. With an ice-cold cold brew. And not just any cold brew, but one that's slow-steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hello there, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. So, for those of you who are on our Facebook group, you will know that this week, or this episode for example, we will be covering me. So we're, we're going to learn a, a little bit about me, and some of you have been sending in questions. For those of you who aren't on our Facebook group, this is why you need to be on it, because if you was on it, you'd be able to ask me a question about me. So get yourselves on it, get yourselves onto This Week in History podcast on Facebook and let me know because I'm sure I can uh, answer any questions that aren't covered today. So for those of you who have messaged and for those of you who are, like I said, who are on the group and do know some of the questions that have been asked, we're going to go through a few of them today and hopefully some of you guys will, will learn a little bit more about me and a little bit more about this podcast and and where it's come from and where you know where we plan on going in the future as well there's been a couple of questions uh, about my future and where I fancy going and things like that so you know we shall we shall cover all of that so the first question that I've been asked which is probably the most common question that I, I've been asked probably about five or six times by a few of you and that is what got me into history in the first place well realistically uh, I learned history at school and you know like like many children uh, I took it for what we class in England as GCSEs I then took it into a level and then into a degree um, so with uh, I'm not sure exactly how it works in America I know you have um, high school and then college um, in England you have high school you then have um, what we call sixth form which is sort of the next next two two years um, at school where you can qualify for your A-levels and then we go on to university um, if you want to take it further so university is similar to your college um, and that's what I did with with history. Um, growing up, history was massive. Um, like I said, my my dad is a huge history buff. Um, for those of you who do listen or have listened to 
the Titanic episode and there will be another episode coming up in the next couple of weeks that also will uh, involve my father so you can see obviously growing up history was was a massive part of my life um so yeah i would say uh, my dad is a, a very big influence um my granddad as well um he uh, i've got um got a, well he's got quite a, a broad history as well he um he's um, a member of uh, the knights templar which uh, is an organization that started you know a thousand years ago um my granddad is still a member of that now um believe it or not they do they do still exist it, even maybe not in the same capacity but um you know growing up seeing all his swords he's got swords all up the wall and things like that history's just been something that's been very interesting to me um and yeah i think that's just really what it is you know, i did have um a few good history teachers at school um which again does make a huge difference i think if you're into a subject is is to have a teacher that you know you really can relate to with a subject so yeah that was that was the first question uh like i said probably the most the most common one that i got um the next one is where did the nickname come from where did dan the viking come from well growing up my nickname was not the viking my nickname was wrecking ball uh or the wrecking ball or similar things to that effect um that actually came from uh, i used to play american football i used to play as a center um so for those of you who are american football fans you'll know what a center is um on the offensive line and we had one game where i managed to blindside a safety who was probably about a foot smaller than me and a very very skinny uh skinny safety and i hit him that hard that people started calling me a wrecking ball so that's where my first nickname came from and uh, when i started my new job um about two years ago um i i had uh, sort of a long a longish hairstyle in a in a plait um a full beard and i walked in and one of my colleagues shouted oh my god he looks like a viking and that stuck it was uh dan the viking from then on so that was uh that was like i said that was my my nickname i don't i don't actually have that length hair anymore um but yeah the nickname i quite enjoyed um i quite liked it so yeah i, I kept stuck with it you know i i really enjoy the norse style of history as well i do find norse mythology and viking history very very entertaining so yeah i thought yeah i'm quite happy with that one it's a it's a very good one so that is the origin of my nickname um next question was what is my favorite era or my favorite time period in history now that's quite a tricky question because i really um i really really like medieval history um i have a real big thing for tudor history um but then i find modern history very entertaining as well so anything from sort of world war 1 world war 2 um up to you know realistically up to the last sort of oh any time really is history but um anything up to sort of the the 70s 80s and and that that style of history um where 
you know, you saw big changes in history. You know, you learn about things like, for example, we covered the War of the Roses. Um, that's a 30-year period in history. Um, but, you know, in the last 30 years, there's more than one event. So I find that modern history is, is something that is is quite interesting because there's so much more that's happening now in such a short space of time so yeah that's uh that's what i'm into and i i do have a very uh big interest in american civil war um i think that's mainly because we're not taught it in this country it's not something we learn about and it's something that i've had to learn myself um, and i find that very very interesting um the next question is uh do i teach history uh no not anymore i do not teach history um i used to um and this is uh going back a few years um i actually spent three different terms so in england we have a winter term um a spring term and a summer term almost uh, sort of well summer's almost off but we have three terms uh, each are three months long and I spent three terms over two years so I was I was teaching from January up until December of one year and that covered a three term period um, I taught a GCSE history so that would be uh, children from 14 to 16 14, 15, 16 um, and helped them with their GCSEs and did lesson planning and things like that now the query as to whether I was a teacher I never actually got paid for teaching um, but I did do the work so um, spent a long time uh, lesson planning um, and things like that and, and it's something I've always enjoyed doing um i find that i can talk for a very long time um which i'm sure you guys have noticed um but yeah so i, th I think um that's something i will be going back into um it's uh, it is quite expensive to to get your what is called a qts in this country which is your qualified teacher status um which is something that i need to invest in before i can go back into getting paid for being a teacher rather than doing it on on a voluntary basis so uh no no longer i teach history to my wonderful audience and that is it at the moment uh next question are your kids interested in history one is two are not uh two of them could not care less about history unless it uh, unless it involves something that they're interested in um so one of them was learning about um, Florence Nightingale and the Crimean War. Uh, so when she went into into school, I, I told her about the, the Charge of the Light Brigade and asked her to ask a teacher about that, and she found that quite interesting. But um, no, two of them really couldn't care less. But one of them, uh, my eldest, she is uh, she's she's a bit like me. She does enjoy her history, and she watches the history the uh, the kids history programs on netflix and things like that so she uh she is getting into it for for now that uh, whether that stays i i don't know um 
next question what is the process of research so what do i do for my episodes now for me personally i pretty much pick whatever i feel like doing um unless i am asked to do a specific episode which i obviously i have been i've done in the past um i pretty much just do what i want which is the joys of uh not being a teacher and just doing a podcast I can research my own history what I enjoy and and go from there and that's what what I do you know I I just look at periods in history battles in history and different events and things like that that I I find interesting and and you know research them a little bit more um my main method of researching is um, there is a an application that I've found called History Hit TV, uh, which is basically a streaming service that uh, does a lot of history podcasts and history um, TV shows and things like that. So I, I do watch that quite regularly, um, and then I you know I sometimes stumble upon something I've never known before, um, and then and then do that. Um, but as far as actual research goes, a lot of it is done from, you know, basic knowledge of what I'm actually talking about. I find that a lot easier to um, to to make flow in a podcast, especially when you're looking at um, certain eras in history. You need to be able to make it flow. You can't just go, oh, well, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. It's it's got to be chronological um for it to make sense so i try and do um I do a bit of research things like wikipedia and things like that i don't find very reliable um i know a lot of podcasts do use wikipedia but i don't find it a very reliable source i normally tend to find um a reliable website to deal with the issue that i'm I'm covering so for example <clears throat> if you're on my Patreon excuse me um you'll know that we did a couple of episodes on Winston Churchill well a lot of the information from that was taken directly from the Winston Churchill website um and that is you know to me that's a reputable a reputable source um, I always find that you do need to make sure that your your sources are correct in history because there are so many people out there who do know their history and as soon as you get something slightly wrong they do jump on it and uh, I have had a few messages in the past where I've missed uh, little bits and pieces in history and and, you know I, I try not to do that so I do try and put in a little bit of research um but like I said a lot of it is you know my advantage is I can I can do what I want unless I'm requested otherwise. So those were mainly the questions about history. There wasn't a, a huge amount of questions about history. We've got a, a few more personal ones to go through. Um, first one that, uh, that came across was, um, do I have any siblings? Um, I do. Um, by by um by blood i have a half sister who lives in scotland and i class that i have two uh step brothers and a step sister however 
my dad is not actually married to their mum. So officially, they're not my brothers and sister. Um, but I've grown up with them since I was, you know, four years old. So it's uh, officially, I only have one sister. Um, and that is my half-sister who lives in Scotland. Uh, what was school like? School for me was... Um, oh, how do I put it? It was a bit weird. Um, I don't think I... I certainly wasn't um, one of the popular kids. Um, I was on the cricket team. I was on the football team. I was on the rugby team. Um, I was also on the chess team and the hockey team and the debate team and things like that so you know I wasn't um, what we'd class a nerd or in this country a geek and I wasn't what we'd call a chav or in America a jock I wasn't one of them I was just just a normal normal kid really I had a group of friends um, I got picked on a little bit um, obviously for those of you who have seen pictures of me I'm slightly on the bigger side um so yeah i got a uh, fatty insults quite a lot but to be honest i've never bothered it's never upset me it's never annoyed me so yeah school was just school you know i think uh bullying was part of it but i don't i don't feel like uh it changed anything i i quite enjoyed my time at school like i said i enjoyed being with my friends and things like that so yeah um when do kids graduate in in the uk or when do children graduate like i said in in england uh scotland is slightly different but in england we have um what we call infant school which is up to six years old we then have junior school which is uh, i believe up to 11 and then we have secondary school which is up to 16 um so that's that's when you can leave school legally in the uk you can leave at 16 we then have further education like i said which is a levels um or you can go to a college <clears throat> a college in the uk would cover things like your practical side to things like mechanics and electricians plumbers things like that they would go to college for two years um and if you wanted to go into a levels you'd you'd stay at your sixth form um and then from there you can go into university and universities where you get your degree so uh the next question is did i go to college well officially as far as england is concerned no i did not go to college i went to sixth form um as far as your version of college yes because i went to university and university is i would say the same thing where you get your degree so i would assume that's the same thing um but yeah clarify that one for me if you want um if not i've answered it so i'm quite happy with that um am i married uh yes i am married i've been married for six years in november and my wife is the apple of my eye the love of my life um couldn't have asked for a better woman and i don't know why i'm telling you all this because she doesn't even listen to this podcast so she won't be uh knowing how good it is 
and how much I'm singing her praise because she's not going to listen to it anyway. The next question I think is a bit similar really, but it's um, is marriage common in the UK? Um, I don't really know to be honest. Um, it's I suppose it is, you know, I, I'm married, a lot of my friends are, are married or getting married, so um, I suppose it is common. Um, I think what isn't common in England is Christian marriages. Um, you know, I've I've mentioned it before, um, I know a lot of my listeners are religious, um, religion just just isn't as big a deal over here anymore as it used to be. Um, I think, like I said, in marriage, I got married in a hotel. Um, I was at a friend's wedding last year. He got married, uh, in Ireland, but he got married in, um, just a house, a big house. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as religious weddings go, I don't think that's very popular anymore. Um, I don't, I don't think it's diminished the wedding tradition I think people are still getting married um, I just think the religious side of it in this country um, probably isn't isn't as big as it is in America um, what is your profession what do you do for a living um, I have mentioned this before so some of you aren't listening <laughs> but I am a delivery driver I have been a delivery driver for two years and I work with fish believe it or not um that is a big thing in grimsby uh for any of you who don't know um that i live in grimsby uh up until probably around the late 80s early sorry late 70s early 80s um grimsby was the biggest fishing port in the world um it was huge more fish came through grimsby than any any other port in the uk um, more fish came in and out of Grimsby um, it's not as big now it's nowhere near but um, for those of you who like fish you will never get better fish than you get in Grimsby and I can vouch for that um, so yeah well, I, that's my job I, I deliver fish for for a living um, very easy very stress free um, I don't have to deal with screaming children um, I don't have to put anybody in detention or write notes home to parents or uh, my favourite one is smacking a desk to wake a child up who's fallen asleep in my lesson because that has happened. So yeah, it's um, it's a lot better. Um, pay is very good. <laughs> Not that that's relevant, but it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy my job. Um it's a lot of mileage, so that's another one of my questions, is how many miles do I drive for work? Um, it can be anywhere between 1,200 and 2,000 miles a week. Um, can be can be quite hard, quite far. Um, you know, we cover the whole of the UK, more or less, or, sorry, the whole of England, and uh, a little bit of Wales as well. Um, <clears throat> so there is quite a lot of, a lot of driving involved, but I quite like driving and like I said it's it's quite a stress free job I think really and yeah well that's my job um, like I said I will be going back into teaching once I've managed to save enough money for my QTS and then I will be going back into teaching so I can grace my presence in a school hall again 
next question uh, what languages do I speak I speak English that's it um, the English are not very good at other languages and I am a prime example of that I've tried to learn French and German um, I can speak bare minimum um, French and German uh, you know probably what you'd learn in a first lesson and yeah that's about it uh, languages not my forte never have been um, and yeah just just not something I, I was very good at, at school um, this one I, I really like this question uh, is there a north south divide in the UK oh my god yes I never realised how big it was I know you have one in America um, I know you had a very big north south divide probably around the you know around the 1800s some for some reason you had quite a big north south divide um but uh, yeah we we do have one believe it or not and there is um i noticed it more when i left london so i used to live in london and when i left there to move to grimsby which is in the northeast of england uh, i noticed very quickly that people weren't weren't a hundred percent sure about me um especially being a Londoner so there was there is definitely that that north south divide you asked my dad uh, my dad is staunch Londoner um, he says things like oh if I if I go too far north I'll get a nosebleed and things like that he really um, but the, the main north south divide comes from um, a long time ago um, where the wealth is mainly in this country is in London so you tend to find and like I said I've noticed it more now I'm not in London um, but like when we have new things that come to the UK and we get um, like when we had the Olympics in 2012 the capital city um, but you know it, it'd almost be like if England hosted the World Cup it would be London that hosted the World Cup you know it, it's that sort of um just happens to be that thing where everything happens in London everything flows through London um, and yeah I mean like I said when I lived there I didn't really think anything of it you just think oh yeah we've got the Olympics but when you come out of London you sort of go well where's the wealth going why does how come all that revenue from the Olympics went straight into London but yet towns like Grimsby like I said 40 years ago had the biggest fishing port in the country or in Europe um, definitely one of the biggest in the world and now if you walk down uh, Grimsby docks um, you know you, you get maybe a handful of ships in a day it's nowhere near and you sort of think well that wealth isn't distributed very well across across the country so there is definitely that divide between the north and south of England um, in regards to wealth and things like that and yeah but so a lot of a lot of northerners don't tend to like the southerners a lot of southerners don't tend to like the northerners it's not the same as your divide I'm I'm well aware of that um, I had a message saying a lot of 
people in the south still believe the south will rise again in america so we don't we're not like that but there like i said there is definitely a divide um have i ever been to the usa i have yes i've been to florida um for disneyland and that was amazing one of the best trips i've ever been on um unfortunately it is so expensive it's very unlikely that i'll be able to take my kids anytime soon i think last time we looked at it it would have cost me and my wife and my kids for just a 10 day holiday i think it would have cost us nearly 14000 pounds um so yeah that's <clears throat> that's half a year's wages that's not uh, that's not something i can afford but um i would love to be able to take my kids out there um and i've also been to new york which was um was amazing to be fair absolutely amazing um loved that loved the city um i love bumping into to people and i'll never forget queuing up for uh, to buy tickets to a broadway show and a woman behind me asked me where i was from and i said oh i'm from london and she goes oh wow wow my son lives in london she's american obviously <clears throat> oh my my son lives in london do you know him and i thought do i know him there are 20 million people that live in london the chances of me knowing your son is zero i didn't know her son I hadn't got a clue who he was but it, i found it amusing that she she had that feeling that because i was from england and because england is such a small country that that i would know her son so yeah i found that quite amusing um i don't know if americans if any of you listening if you do think that um we're not a small country um especially not people wise we are small geographically but yeah there's uh 68 million people in england so no i i don't i probably don't know someone that you know <laughs> we're not that small um i did like uh one of the questions uh do i ever have tea parties with my girls now <clears throat> i'm going to change that a little bit um i don't actually drink tea believe it or not um not it's not as common as people think in this country there are a lot of people that still drink tea but i think it's uh, a little bit over egged in in america that all the british do is drink tea i hate tea i drink coffee and very very rarely mainly i drink cold drinks i don't like hot drinks but um i think coffee is probably just as popular in this country as as tea is um no my children are not unfortunate well no not unfortunately they're they're all each to their own but they're not that type of uh, girly girls my eldest um god i don't even see her anymore she's on her phone um or on youtube or playing a violin i don't really see her she's just does her own thing uh my middle child is a massive gamer um she's always on the computer always on uh some form of game um and my youngest uh she's she's a bit of a bull in a china shop um she likes her lego she likes her building things she likes destroying things 
Um, but yeah, tea parties, they're not, they're not those type of girls, unfortunately. Well, like I said, not unfortunately, but they're not, they're not those type of girls that would sit down and have tea parties and things like that. Um, they'd much rather be outside playing football and kicking a ball around or screaming at each other, mainly screaming at each other, to be honest, that seems to be their, their favorite hobby. Um, now this is the next question is amazing um all of these questions are fantastic this one for somebody who has no idea who i am this is probably the question um what am i doing for halloween now halloween in america is massive in this country it is not it is very very small we don't do very much except for me i have donned the nickname uh mr halloween that's another one i get at work is mr halloween and that is because my house is mental at halloween um just for an example last year we had a family of mummies on the front garden that were made out of well they're mannequins that I got from a friend um I had a doctor on a surgeon's table with half a body open with all guts and blood coming out of it we also had a handmade gallows um by myself a handmade stocks by myself uh zombie pit um strobe lighting uh gas effects um i had a um like a projector massive ghost hanging from the from the roof yeah we go a little bit mad for halloween um this year i'm going even bigger um i'm building a guillotine um that will be my <clears throat> my centerpiece this year halloween is huge in my family we dress up we do the full-on works unfortunately we will not be having a party this year because we're not allowed um so yeah halloween is huge for me but annoyingly this year there will be no parties there will i don't even know if we're allowed to uh to go trick-or-treating this year um thanks to well thanks to the government and their inability to pick what they're going to do with this covid situation so our government literally don't know what they're doing from one day to the next one day it's you can't do this the next day you can do it the next day at the moment this is another we've had a few questions on what's the the lockdown situation in the uk compared to america well, I don't actually know what it's like in the States, but over here we are not allowed in groups of more than six. The pubs close at 10 o'clock and two households aren't allowed to mix. There's just, just being, they're being a little bit over the top now with it. There doesn't seem to be any real reason for it. Um, but you know that's that's how they want to do it i'm not even sure if 
like I said, if we're even going to have a Halloween this year, because if uh, if it carries on, you know, kids aren't going to be allowed to go out trick or treating because it means going to neighbours' houses that they don't know and and so on and so forth. So yeah, we shall we shall wait and see in regards. But yeah, we you know we we don't know. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know what the situation is over in America, but you know, in someone can enlighten me, feel free. Um, I know you're having a bit of a, a fun one at the moment, especially with uh, your election coming up next month. Uh, again, I have had a couple of questions asking on my political standpoints. Um, I am not, <laughs> I'm not going to give it. If you want to message me and ask me what my political standpoint is, feel free. I'll quite happily tell you. Um, I have opinions that can uh, <clears throat> potentially not uh, well could could lose me uh, listeners. So that's why I don't I don't like to bring politics into my podcast. So if you want to know, message me. I'm quite happy to to talk to anybody about it or debate anybody about it if you've got a different opinion to to me um, but I won't be putting it on the airs just just in case especially uh, my opinion on American politics um, because I know there are some very hard lefties and there are some very hard Trump supporters that would slate me either way I went so uh I shall stay straight down the middle with American politics, but feel free if you wanna you want to know my real opinion, message me. Uh, that's that's different. I think um, I'm quite happy to give you that over over messaging, but not uh, not on not on the airwaves. So yeah, there we go, guys. That is a little bit about me, um, a little bit about my history. I suppose, <laughs> and where I'm from, where I've got this uh, this podcast from, and where it's where it's all started and finished. So, yeah, I hope uh, those of you who haven't messaged and wanted to message, feel free to message. If there's anything I haven't covered that you did want to know, um, just drop me a message. Like I said, um, I can get you get it to you. Um, and for those of you who aren't on our Facebook group, you need to get on it because this is the sort of stuff that you're going to miss out on in the future. So get yourselves on our Facebook group this week in history. Click on the link, click on the podcast. I'll accept you to the group and then we go from there. So we do have another episode coming up this week. Um, so look out for that one and patreon episode this this week will be on alphonse capone which i think is just i, I love um, american gangsters especially the 1920s gangsters what an era what an absolutely amazing time period in history so yeah that'll be uh that'll be definitely one to look forward to so if for those of you who are on patreon um enjoy that episode for those of you who aren't on patreon but do want to get on it get yourselves over have a listen um and that will be on there i said uh, i think it's uh i think it's three dollars or five dollars a month that uh, you can pick and choose how much you pay 
um, but that's a monthly fee so it's less than the price of a cup of coffee get yourselves over and uh, give me your support but if you're not uh, not on there your next episode coming out the picture guess what is on our facebook group so get over there have a look and we shall see you next week thank you for listening just remember guys we all have history so make yours great bye bye welcome to america the land of junk sleep where it's bedtime but you're double booked here there's always one more deadline to meet episode to watch or meme to share the world may not want you to sleep but we do only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep. In-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows. So you can do this and this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.